Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Again, this is Two Catholic Dudes and my name is Ryan Klaus. My name is Danny Cleary. And as always, we're not priests, we're not theologians, we're just two Catholic dudes and we're talking about our faith. And this week on the show, we have a guest uh, I know pretty well. Uh, it's my dad. Hey guys. Uh, John Cleary. We are completing the cycle of Clearys. We're almost there, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. All that's left will be mom. That's right. Uh, so, uh, we thought it would be cool because, uh, it is almost Father's Day and to all you mothers out there, we're really sorry. We didn't do a mother's episode day. <laughs> COVID canceled. Mother's Day. COVID. Yeah. I mean, COVID changed a lot of plans. So next year, cause we're going to be hanging around next year. You know, this, we got you moms yeah, next year, for sure. but this is the uh, father's day extravaganza episode. Yeah. Uh, so, so dad, um, you're Catholic yes, sir. <laughs> and you proud yep you raised me to be catholic and uh it worked out pretty good so far nice job <laughs> yeah yeah um and obviously uh I, I i this is always weird when i it was the same thing when i had brendan jack on the show because i was like asking him questions that i knew the answer to. <laughs> right i'm like tell me about your your parents and yeah. your catholic faith i already know the answer but tell the viewers how much was the catholic faith uh part of your growing up wait what Oh, the question. You guys, we, every, every single episode, we ask our guests these two questions, except when the times we don't, which is usually the case. Uh, but yes, we ask every guest this first question before, so we don't put a pin in that one, okay, you guys? All right, if you're keeping track at home. Uh, so the question for you, John, is what is the most weird, wacky, funny, interesting story that's ever happened to you at Mass, or that you can think of in the moment? Well, being a sacristan for many, many years, uh, you can imagine there's been there's been several. Uh, so I'll kind of highlight on a couple of the a couple of the ones that are that I remember the most. Uh, the you know one that happens unfortunately sometimes you know more than once uh, is I'll prepare for mass and get uh, all of the uh, which we're not going to be using anymore, the chalices in place for the Eucharistic ministers and uh, prepare uh, the altar for Mass, do all the necessary preparations, and uh, I have to put the uh, celebrant's chalice on the altar. And uh, uh, there's been uh, a number of occasions where I have forgotten to do that. <laughs> and so when it was time for the Eucharistic prayer and the consecration, uh, I had to go into uh, emergency mode and run back to the sacristy, <laughs> grab the chalice, and get it onto the altar. And uh, uh, so that's that's always uh, a little disconcerting. And uh, I, every time I do it, I shake my head and say, "I can't believe I did it again." It doesn't happen often, but <laughs> never it does again. Happen. No. Until well, that that's happened a couple times on the live stream where the priest chalice hasn't been there, and he'll just turn to the dean, he'll go chalice yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like yeah. I guess I'll just pan over here yeah. so it happens but probably the the the, the more uh, memorable thing that happened to me was pretty recently uh, we, I was the sacristan for uh, midnight mass and it was time to uh, uh, incense the nativity scene right and I basically am in charge of getting that incense ready to roll and for those of you who uh, have never uh, seen how that works with the incense. Basically, it's it's a little charcoal that's lit, and then the incense is uh, sprinkled over the charcoal, which is uh, usually takes about fifteen to twenty minutes to get red hot, so that the incense will uh, 
will rise and you know it'll will have that cool effect of incensing and who said the show wasn't educational <laughs> yeah. you know all about incensing now all right continue so uh in order to get that charcoal hot enough for the incense to burn to to make the cloud of smoke that we all see uh it it has to be really hot and sometimes you put a little oil on that charcoal before you light it right and you light it with just a regular lighter well this charcoal was being really really stingy that particular day i just could not get that thing lit and the t- and the clock's ticking right we're going to be ready for me to bring out the bring in the incense uh and anyway to make a long story short i put a little too much oil on there to try to ignite that uh, incense and by the time i brought it out it was just there was so much oil on there that it was smoking. Just it, it was smoking like out. like a like a truck that just blew a head gasket. I mean, the the smoke was pouring out of it. You couldn't even see the priest practically. It was just like, and I'm thinking, oh my lord, I can't believe it. But here he's he's trying he's putting incense in there. I'm thinking, don't even bother putting the incense on there because this big cloud of white smoke oh my gosh. is uh, incense the whole church at that point. So well, that's not a dad story right there. If we ever heard, yeah, one. I, I'm just shocked he didn't just keel over from the exhaust fumes from uh, from this oil but uh, I'll never forget I was just mortified I couldn't I couldn't wait for that incensing <laughs> to be over so I could go uh grab it and put it out but uh yeah usually usually you see a little incense coming up from the uh from from the incense uh instrument in this case it was just pouring out so that was that was the the one i remember most you know it's a dad episode when we talk about blowing head gaskets uh, <laughs> what a dad remark to me <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even part of the story but we're talking about blowing head gaskets so uh this episode is the father's day extravaganza so thank you for that story john well, okay yeah back to your original okay, so, question let's pull us back on track so so yeah we're, we're talking about uh growing up catholic obviously because in order you had a foundation growing up that you brought into our family so what how was that growing up catholic obviously at a very different time the church was very different back uh when you grew up yeah yeah no that that's true um but not a lot different i gotta say um you know we're we're, we're pretty much operating very similarly uh, you know for the last uh you know, fifty. You know, it's years that I remember. You know, going to mass a little, little, little. Yeah, he's not that old. He's yeah, not like pre-Vatican yeah, yeah. II. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so my story is: uh, we always went as to mass as a family at eleven o'clock mass, and uh, that was our thing. And when I got a little bit older and was able to pretty much walk to Mass. Uh, the church was about, mm, I will say, about a mm, mile and a half away from our house. And when I got old enough... Was, to, it, was it uphill both ways? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. and, and, snow. <laughs> yeah, snow in Southern California. <laughs> so I, uh, when I got to be old enough to, uh, to walk to church on my own, I asked my parents if it would be okay <laughs> with them if I, uh, if I went to 8 o'clock Mass instead okay because you know 11 o'clock mass man that just shot the heck out of the day right you're you're a young guy you, you want to be out there playing ball and, and and enjoying that weekend because i don't know when i was a young guy i wouldn't want to sleep in as long as possible <laughs> you know what i was one of these guys that was up Good at the you. crack of dawn and Good ready to right. go and looking to see who wanted to play and if nobody <laughs> did i'd you know 
I'd grab a basketball or sure. something that I could, you know, a tennis racket and bang a ball against it, whatever it is I could do. Um, but, you know, hey, school was going to start the next day. Right. So you got to make the most of the weekend. And uh, so, you know, I got the thumbs up on that. So I actually uh, got myself up on every Sunday morning and walked to mass um, at eight o'clock. And, uh, and, you know, that really kind of gave me uh, a, a, a real good time to kind of reflect a little bit on the way to mass. Cause it was a good 15 minute walk, right. you know, 15 to 20 minute walk. And, uh, and then the 15, 20 minute walk back. And uh, Look at that. That, so, we just talked about that on an episode that's upcoming, but we just filmed it yesterday about how people are they don't people aren't fasting long enough before mass and they come in and they're just chit-chatting with their friends before mass and there's not enough time to really understand uh and reflect on what we're about to uh what, what's about to happen in the mass and so you take that time uh the 15 minute walk and you can use that as your reflection uh there and then re reflect back on what you just received i think that's really beautiful yeah, I was a pretty devout little guy for for you know being a young man. I mean, my my parents were uh, uh, from Ireland and uh, they were very devout, brought up very devout, strict Catholic. It was it was running through their veins, uh, and they lived their life that way. So so talk about cradle Catholic. I mean that that was certainly my case. Right. But at the same time, at some time you got to make it your own, right? Mm. And uh, I think it was during that those early years and and and. You know, uh, walking a mass. Of course, I went to Catholic school, parochial school, so we had mass as part of our weekly. You know, we always right. went to mass to. on Fridays, um, and uh, so I was very indoctrinated with the faith early. But at the same time, um, uh, I was uh, it meant a lot to me. I enjoyed going to mass, and uh, I'd never felt like, oh man, I've got to do it. It was just something that. Uh, uh, that I knew was part of my life. So that's really amazing because you hear so many stories, especially in this generation now, is like kids that that you know they're told to go to church, but it becomes uh, they they started doing it begrudgingly, and it becomes right. you know, and they they lose that passion because it's not something that they wanted. But like you, it sounds like that that was never even a thought in your mind. It was just always something that was a part of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's yeah. No, it was never wow. even a question. I never woke up on a Sunday thinking. You know, am I going to go to mass today? Wow, that well, was it, automatic. And I think that 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 attitude kind of it were it reflects onto all of us because I can't I literally I can't remember a time where I woke up and I was like, oh, it's Sunday, like I have to go. It was just this it's Sunday, so we're going to mass. Like that's just it was, you know, soccer was on Saturday, mass was on Sunday. It was just always, you know, part of that. And I think that that comes from your your love of your faith you know, in the foundation of it growing up, like, like you knew how it was important to you personally. It wasn't like, oh, well, my parents forced me to go, so I'm forcing my kids to go. Mm -hmm. It was the joy of going, the joy of being in the faith that it, I mean, at least I can speak for me, it that it affected how I looked at mass and how I looked at going to mass. Because uh, I, I can't remember ever a time it was like, ugh, I don't want to go. I mean, maybe, well, maybe when I was tired. Well, I'll speak of for myself is like, there's plenty of times where I wake up and it's like, I don't really want to go today. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not waking up and being like, yes, mass, because again, we're, we're practicing our faith and we, and it's not always, you're not always going to feel that those, those highs, but I've never gotten up and said, okay, I don't really feel like going, so I'm not going to go. It's just, I know that like Sunday rolls around, it's time to go to mass. And so, go ahead. I, I think I look at it, a lot of people can, the, in that, because I agree with you, but it's it can be sometimes like going to the gym. 
Right. Sometimes you don't want to go perfect to the gym, analogy, right? Yep. But the gym is good. It, exercise is important. But there are days you're like, I would do anything not to go to the gym. But then when you go, you're like, oh, thank goodness I got that workout in. And you I think feel mass amazing is, afterwards. Yeah. I think mass can be the same way of it's, man, I don't want to go to, I'm tired. I want to stay home or I want to go play basketball. I want to go do whatever. Um, but then you go and you're like, oh, thank goodness I made time for that because now I can take on the rest of my day knowing that 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 I made Jesus a priority in my life. That's a perfect uh, analogy. Something Wonderful. like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably why the walk home was never, uh, you know, always seemed like it was uh, a lot easier because you know yeah. you, you you definitely had that that weight lifted off your shoulders that right. you 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 satisfied that obligation and and you also were filled with the Holy Spirit. You might have even heard a few things if you didn't fall asleep during the homily <laughs> that uh, that that stuck with you and. Uh, I, I had a really interesting situation with uh, with my going to mass. It's uh, something I didn't really understand until much later, but every single eight o'clock mass, I would go up for Holy Communion and I would look to my left and there would be the neighbor that lives across the street from me weeping in her pew, mm. absolutely inconsolably weeping every single mass. And I remember looking to my left and seeing her, uh, and always wondering what what it, what could it be that has made her so sad and and so inconsolable during mass. And I know she had some teenage daughters; they probably gave her some uh, <laughs> s- some cause for concern here and there because they were full of the Dickens, I'll tell you. But um, but that wasn't it. You know, it right. had to be something more powerful than uh-huh. that. And it wasn't until later on, but I always, that was profound for me. And I always thought, man, I can't believe this, this gal is just so distraught. And it wasn't until later that I realized that the reason she was so upset and, and, and it even had a bigger effect on me later when I, when I thought about it was she was reliving the passion of Christ during every Eucharistic prayer. I was going to say that that's the beauty of it is she knew and understood the reality of what was going on at mass. And that is crazy because we have a friend, uh, one of our best friends named Gabe, and he had that same, like I remember seeing every time we'd go to mass or we'd have a, uh, even a small youth ministers meeting, we'd have a quick private mass. He would be crying after he received communion. I'm like, what is the deal? Like, you know, and, and then I would really, like, wow, he's just so, he has such an understanding yeah. of it. And that's, that's pretty crazy that, 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 you know, you come to that realization. Yeah. And we say this like almost every episode, the, you know, the reason we have this show is that we speak from our experiences and we speak from uh, the beauty of, of the Lord that we've seen in our lives. And we try to share those experiences and, and evangelize with the beauty of Christ from those experiences. And there's so many people that say that all doesn't matter. You know, it just should be, uh, the rules and, and, the all the, uh, this and that from, from the, from the church, but like take emotion out of it, take emotion out of the church. Thank you for helping me there. But like, that was such a profound experience for you living through the emotional experience from somebody else and seeing that that joy it's really pure joy living through i mean uh, the, the well, it, it's you saw and were able to kind of touched by her faith through the emotion that she was feeling through the reality of what she saw exactly. you know and and i think that that's what's beautiful is because like it clearly had an effect on you since we're talking about it now when did you see that when you were 17 18 years old 
Uh, no, this was when I was uh, quite young. Uh, I was I probably started walking to church on my own uh, somewhere around eight or eight or nine years oh, old. So like, the, and so I saw oh, this. That's, for, a re- that's amazing. Yeah. By the way. Okay, but, for but, years. But you see that that's like so you're you're like a, a kid. And yeah. you've and the emotion of that 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 the Lord provoked that, that that brought out in this woman affected you to that we're, we're talking about it now. Oh yeah. And when people are like, oh, the, the emotion doesn't matter; it's all fluff. That's ridiculous to me because look, this woman's faith, yeah, through the emotional connection she had with the Lord, made an impact on somebody that she she'll never know. Maybe she's listening to the podcast, um, but probably not. Uh, but you know, it it affected you and and your and how you saw. The Eucharist. It just that's a really beautiful thing. And yeah. I think it's we didn't realize it was gonna be a point that we always make on the podcast, but hey, what do you know? Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's move in because this is a Father's Day episode. Yeah. We talked about your childhood, but let's move into now your your father. We just skipped a whole bunch of periods of your life. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's not important, but uh, we want to talk about how you were uh, how you could raise the three boys that you that you did uh, together. And so talk about some of those experiences. Well, I think that uh, the first thing to, to, to know about me is that uh, from the time I was very, very young, I mean, you know, probably pre-adolescent, you know, uh, you know you, you, if you ask a kid, what does he want to be when he grows up? You know, most of them are going to say, you know, a professional baseball player. And certainly that was my dream, too. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen pretty, pretty early on. Uh uh, and uh, but you know but you got you got kind of close because he's he's like a professional umpire. You are a professional umpire. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. You're not in the major not, league baseball, not the major but league like, one, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you get paid to do something, you're professional. You're professional. Right, right. He's very good at it. I, right. I, I certainly do high school and 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 uh, I volunteer still for little league. As a matter of fact, I I was selected to umpire the little league world series this year, which was canceled. So Thanks, that's COVID. amazing. But like, okay, so look <laughs> at that. Luckily, that's, luckily, they're going to roll me over to next year. Awesome. So I how beautiful goodness. is that? Yeah. You know, you have you have these these lofty goals as, as a child and that's amazing shoot for the moon um but then uh, not that you need to give up those goals but sometimes you just like fine-tune them and how much i i see that joy in you in you umpiring i've never seen it but like you you tell me stories about you umpiring and you were able to achieve that goal in, in a diff, in a different way you just kind of moved right. and shifted but yeah. like good for you that's yeah, amazing it's a passion for sure mm-hmm. but uh so but the the second thing that uh that always came to mind when when I thought about what I wanted to be when I grow up uh, was to be a dad. Uh, for whatever reason, that was just a really strong feeling that that I had, even as a young guy. I can't really explain it. I'm sure maybe many men could say the same thing, right. but I remember it was really strong and to all 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 to the point, all the way to the point of wondering, oh my gosh, you know, I might not be able to be a dad. You know, I mean. Who knows? I mean, that, that's that's certainly a gift that uh, that God gives us. That it's not guarantee. It's not a guarantee for for most families, and a lot of families, uh, you know, have to go a different mm-hmm. route because I mean, they can't conceive. So I was even thinking yeah, yeah. along those lines as a little guy. <laughs> I oh. mean, myself, I I've kind of always wanted to be a dad, but I'm struggling with half that equation. The other half, of the that's equation. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need the the other half. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, to make a long story short, uh, when when Danny was born, he's the, he was the number one. Uh, nice cert- job, nice job. Danny. Yeah, certainly was the proudest day of my life. I mean, certainly I was proud when Brennan and Jack were born too. But that first one, uh, no one can take the place of that first one because it was like, wow, you know, this is it. You know, this is something I've always dreamed of and wanted to to, to have happen in my life, and here he is, and uh, and to see uh, 
you know, how he's grown up and, uh, the man he has turned out to be, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been awesome. So, but that was kind of the start of it was wanting to be a dad, uh, looking forward to it. So obviously when it, when the Lord did bless me with children, we had three boys, you know, the last thing you want to do is mess that up, you know? Uh, so, uh, certainly, uh, try to, uh, uh, live the way that, uh, that, that, you know, I was brought up in my Catholic faith. Uh, we, uh, we definitely, um, spent a lot of time, uh, on, uh, faith-based, uh, activities oh, yeah. and around the church. And, uh, I'm with the Knights of Columbus. So we had, uh, a lot of get togethers, you know, we had Christmas parties and Thanksgiving parties and food drives and Tootsie Roll drives. And the boys were always there helping me on those charitable causes never complaining and it was always nice i mean to your face at least yeah (laughs) exactly certainly yeah no i get it but uh so it was always a big part of uh of their of their growing up some of those like you speak to the knights columbus parties like those were some of the best childhood memories like ever like and i remember like when i would when i got into confirmation and youth ministry and stuff like before i really kind of completely fell in love with doing it I, like people would always be like weird around the church, but like I even at that age, like I was like I've been here a million times, like I know this church. Was, and granted, you know, mom, my mom worked there as the coordinator of something. She's coordinated so many different things, but um, so like it was. It, those were some of the best memories, and it really grew my. It made the church more than just a place to go to mass. It was it made the church home because of those experiences and and the community that you were so heavily involved in. Right. So can I can I speak a little bit to your story and also my story in the fact that. When we were teenagers, both you and I, and we've shared this in our personal story episodes of how how far we pulled back um, just because the the world and this is just common in the world right now. Secular society is pulling people away from church. Uh, And again, it was never a thought in my mind that I wasn't going to church, but I just really didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, I was getting um, just into different things. It was just like church isn't really for me, but my parents echo the same sentiments as you is they they always had us rooted in the foundation of our faith and we were we went to all uh, all the choir party we were we were heavily involved in the right, choir my right. dad's always been an usher and we were just there was always activities that we were going that we were going to and church was always just a huge part of my life um and so the foundations were there yeah uh, and same for you and so even though you might have been pulled away uh there's it's always there. It's always like it's an anchor. It's always an anchor that that's attached to you. Exactly. And so, so just like the mustard seed, it was planted yeah. and it took a little bit for it to, to take root and for it to sprout. And then, right. but when it did, uh, what great fruit was, was able to come from it. So, totally. yeah. Um, cause like I, I'll, I'll speak to you when we would go to mass, something that always stuck with me is the importance that you put on, uh, the reverence of what mass was. You know, like I, we did not go to mass in torn up jeans or raggedy t-shirts and things like that. Like you made sure that we, and it's something we, I literally just talked about it on the last episode that we filmed. I don't know if it's coming out before or after It'll this, be after but, this, but sure. the dressing your best and how important that is. And that was something that you really, you're like, mass is important. So we need to dress important. And it was something that you always made a point. Did you, when you were saying, when you were a young man, did you make, you weren't wearing your ball, your ball gear to, to mass. Did you, did you, were you dressing your best at that point too? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, back then, you you never wore a shirt that was not collared. Right. 
uh, you never wore shorts to church. Yeah. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. I I I, you know, I, I can't do it. I say I say come as you are and and uh, and, and celebrate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I wouldn't say that I wore those black shiny shoes every time. You know, right. especially but come as you are, I, but you're not going to wear your umpire uniform. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> certainly, I uh, we had a, a respect right. for for the altar, and there was a certain awe that I think was present. And if you you know, you, you had alluded to the fact that things are a little bit different now than mm-hmm. back then. And if there was something that I had, if there was one thing I could put my finger on is that back then in those days, there was a certain awe of the Lord. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm not worthy, Yeah. you know, to, to, you know, even serve, be an altar server, right? You know, because I've, I'm, I'm a lowly sinner. I don't deserve to be on that sure. altar or be that close to the Eucharist. I mean, you, you was, you want to talk about, about a God fearing man or a fear of the Lord, but in a respectful way. It's more of an awe, I think, is a better way to put it than fear. Well, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit's they change the verbiage to fear of the Lord to wonder and awe. So that that that's that's a yeah that really a real change. real gift, real reality. So right, right. So that that I think is uh, probably the biggest change uh, for me. But I definitely had a respect. Yeah, and uh, um, that's why later in life. And and I wasn't kidding about the. Uh, I was never an altar server. I did usher, but I was never an altar server because I really felt that I wasn't worthy wow. to be up there. Um, and then when I got older, and uh, I was asked to to do the many things I do now yeah, at mass, yeah, yeah. I, I I lector and I sacristan and I eucharistic minister and and all those things. I embraced that opportunity so much because I deprived myself of serving early on um, because of, you know, you've got certain ways you think of things when you're you're youth and and then you, you know, you, you figure it out later, but it was really great to be able to, 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 to serve at mass. You guys were all, all yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. From the age of like, I don't know, seven or oh, eight yeah, we heard all, the story. all the way through we, we 18. We heard Brendan's yeah. story about when he threw up. Yep. Yeah, threw up all over the altar. Um, yeah. So yeah, we altar served. Uh, and then, you know, once we got confirmed, Brendan was in the choir, got into, I, I run a youth mass now, uh, my, you know, part of my youth program. So yeah, no, it, it definitely, the instilled, but I think that it, I, I, I honestly think it's beautiful in some ways that, that wonder and awe that, cause I think that is a lost gift that you, that you just spoke to about how people don't have that so much anymore. And I think that that comes with the problem that we talk about a lot of people not understanding the reality of the Eucharist because there is no wonderment of it. It's just kind of like the zombified, okay, like, yeah, thank you, appreciate it. You know, it's not a snack, but the, that the reality of, oh my gosh, like this is the Lord Jesus that I'm about to consume that's going to nourish my soul and, and, and give me the gifts and the talents that I need to continue to preach the gospel, that, that's kind of gone. Nobody gets that anymore. Um, and I think that it's really cool that you brought that up because that's why wonder or not is a gift it's not a something you need to have everybody it's a gift that ability to be like wow that the knowledge the wisdom to be able to go wow i do understand how beautiful how big god really is that's why it's a gift so i think it's really cool mm. honestly yeah that's a great point and and i i want to talk a little bit about why i think that you know especially since we're doing the father's day yeah. uh, edition here of the podcast that before young people really understand their faith to the level that you guys do now um you're really kind of just 
following your parents' lead. 100%. And, and, uh, and I think that was evident for me because I basically watched my parents and I watched them live their faith. Mm. And I, okay, this is what you do, you know? And that's all that uh, your mom and I did was we basically tried to live our faith and kind of hoped that you guys would pick up on it until such times as you really understood you know all yeah. the the things that were understood and 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 thank god you guys respected us yeah. and that's really what it boils down to you know you respect your parents and even though you're not 100% in tune with what is going on at mass and you you know half the time you're 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 daydreaming during the homily sure. and I, but you know what you're you're at least present and you're there because you respect your parents and you give them that it, and 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 that was I was always very appreciative that you guys gave gave us that respect and and were very respectful at mass and and um, and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, with uh, your respect for us more so than your appreciation for for the mass at that point. Early yeah, totally, on. John. I think that is the most important point of the entire episode. That's surely going to be a little soundbite that we're going to put out there. Yeah. But the importance of setting that example. As a, as a family for your children uh, so that they see that passion. I want to talk a little bit more about it, but I think it's such an important point. You guys need a little bit of moment. You need a moment. You need to a one whole second of a break. one second to think about it. So we're going to take a break. Okay, hope you had a good time to ruminate on that fact. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Uh, but no, how important it was uh, that you said to uh, to really set that example and just live out your faith. And because you can't shove it down anyone's throat. You can show them the joy of the gospel in your life, just like you saw in that lady praying, right? You saw that joy and it is something spoke to you. So you show that in everything that you do and everything that you live out throughout your family life and your kids will hopefully pick up on it. Because again, the second point that was so good is that they respect you. They respect you as a father. They don't resent you. They respect you as a father and mother and a family. And that's why, again, even if they might stray, teenagers, crazy things happen, but that seed is planted and they will come back in, in, in full fulfillment of the mm -hmm. faith. And so, so wonderful, awesome point. Um, I want to make another point about uh, father. This is a father, uh, father episode. So um, I heard a stat. I don't, I didn't write anything down, but what I know. We're usually so prepared. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> this, the statistic was something along the lines of it was, it was how, how the children carry on in their faith or don't depending on uh, whether the mother goes to church, the father goes to church or both go to church. Uh, if only a mother goes to church and brings their kids. Uh, and like the dad stays at home. And the dad stays at home. He's, he's either not Catholic or just decides not to go to church. Maybe yeah. he's a Christmas and Easter Catholic only. Right. Uh, something that is the least likely the kids are to come back. Obviously, if the, the parents aren't going to church at all, that's, sure. that's the least likely. And of course, there's exceptions to all of that stuff. But this is general. We're just talking statistically. Statistically. Uh, and then the difference between both parents going and just the father going are negligible. But the, the, it seems in the statistics, again, I don't know how many people they polled in this statistic, but, uh, the deciding factor, uh, to, for the, the expectancy of the children to con continue on in their faith is, is the example set by the father in the family. Well, that's an interesting, interesting point. And I, I would have to say that that's, you know, it's hard to, disagree uh with those kind of statistics i'm sure that uh that they're right on the the money but i'd like to share that you know with you and, and danny danny knows this but uh my mom and dad actually uh got divorced 
when I was about 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old. And at that point, um, we all stopped going to church as a family. Of course, I was already walking to eight o'clock mass on my own. But at that point, um, we didn't go to mass as a family anymore. Mm. And uh, my mom sang at the 930 mass because uh, it was a Latin mass. And so I wasn't going to that one. <laughs> so I hey, hold on to that thought because we're going to have more episodes yeah, on that. All yeah. right, go on, move so, on. So I continued to go to eight o'clock mass and uh, my sisters uh, went to mass. Like, we, like half of us would go to mass with mom, half of us would go to mass with dad. And then as we got older, uh, you know, we all kind of picked our own mass type of thing. But I guess what I wanted to, you know, emphasize was that, you know, a lot of families, especially nowadays, they don't, they, they have more of that situation where uh, the family has split up and it's up to the kids to, uh, to embrace their faith, uh, maybe without the role model of a perfect all family going to mass together type right. of thing. Uh, and uh, I think that the key was, is that my faith was ingrained in me early enough on to where uh, I wasn't going to stop going to church right. because, yeah, because I, of the uh, breakup. Exactly. I, I think that that's, that's the, a good point of it is, is you had the, because I remember like as a, as a young kid, no, it wasn't just like, okay, when we're at home on Sunday, we go to mass. When we visited your parents, mom's parents, no matter where we were, we went to mass. I can vividly remember all three churches that I went to growing up. I remember the one I went to in Banning. I remember the one I went to in Ventura. I remember the one I went to in Moorpark. Like it was just always part of everybody, all mentors in my life, you know, they really pushed me to go. Um, so, and I remember one time I, I'll speak to strong about fathers. My, my, uh, my mom's dad, my grand, my grandfather, he, one time I overslept and I didn't go to mass with my grandma and the other boys and he went with them, but it was so important that he knew how important it was that I went to mass. He waited and him and I walked to the later one and he went again to make sure that I went. That's awesome. Um, but I couldn't go to the pool until I went to mass. Right. Uh, but you know, just like that. So it's, it's always been a, in all of our family, that importance, you know? Yeah. And I think they all, because it speaks to their individual faith and your individual faith. Um, because that, that's important too. Gotcha. Okay, um, we're going to move it along. We're going to go on to the little next bit right here. And this was a uh, last-minute addition to this, this podcast because uh, John does have a umpire. Uh, he, has, he has a game. He's got an umpire. He's got to get out of here. So we got we to move this along. Yeah, the first post-pandemic uh, oh, um, wow. uh, game, umpire That's game. Yeah, believe it or not, the, I'll, there'll be no gear. I'll be just behind the pitcher's mound. Really? And without any gear on, and I'll be calling the game from behind the mound. You so. have to call strikes and balls from behind there? Yeah. How yeah. is that possible? Well, you know Do they what? change balls every single... Like, <laughs> well, uh, let's I'm, not get into Yeah, I haven't... I haven't, uh, wasn't sure exactly <laughs> how it's all going to fly, but I just thought I'd mention to everybody that it'll be a social dis distancing baseball game, the first one since uh, the pandemic started. They made so. the field bigger so that <laughs> yeah. everyone's got to be there'll, further there'll be no, There'll be no shaking hands. They added the extra meeting. places. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, anyways, right, sorry well, about that. I hope it's a good game. I hope, <laughs> I hope it works out. But I thought it would be kind of cool, uh, and this might not work out, but to uh, look at some biblical fathers, some, um, some scriptural fathers, and yeah. discuss the characteristics that they exemplified that uh, speak to fatherhood. Um, so... Well, I, I'll speak to the examples that I think that I'll, I'll speak to examples I've seen in my dad biblically 
from from biblical fathers, there right? And, okay. and it's and it's one of them. The most famous, I mean, most famous father probably is Saint Joseph, aside from God the Father. But the father I'm going to speak to is the we hear the story of the prodigal son, right? That's one of the most famous stories ever. It's a good one to start with, you know. Absolutely. And right. and grant, it's not quite the same. I didn't ask for inheritance and then go to Vegas and party my my life away. Yet, <laughs> yet, yeah, that's true. Uh, COVID <laughs> COVID canceled my brother's bachelor party and ruined that plan. Um, but. I did. I we. I, I did a Tuesday thought. It's one of my most viewed Tuesday thoughts. Is when I I had moved out and then ended up moving back recently. Which, and, by the way, is where we're at right now. Yeah, this we, is our set number yeah, like we, six or seven. We, we turned. If you're, if you're watching, we turned your home. house into our podcast today. Nice, but yeah. but I came back and it wasn't a. Uh, there was no sense of like failure. I didn't feel a sense of failure. I didn't feel a sense of. Um, regret, you know, as internally maybe, but like not from you there was no sense of like oh well okay i guess it was it was that i felt that embrace of it's it's all good like this is your home you had this, the famous line you know uh, famous but at the end of, at the end of the tuesday well thoughts, I, what it, I always my line was your room is ready uh, we actually laughed about that after the fact because <laughs> my dad's like that is not accurate we had to build closets we had to put in carpet we had to, <laughs> it's, it's dead it's for the <laughs> so sorry i ruined the uh the illusion for everyone. metaphorically the room is ready the room was a disaster up there and it took a while to get ready for him but yeah, there were some changes that were time to be the done room anyway in the heart but yeah. it was the, ready the, always but it was and it was we worked together to kind of put the room together you know like i helped him build the closets and the whatever and, and things like that it was the but the room for his openness to having me come back there was never a question in that and that's i think where i take that biblical uh example i think you without maybe you going oh let me read the bible and see if danny can come home or not but <laughs> it was the that you get what yeah. i'm saying that comparison let me speak to what a what a great that's if that's not a father-son project thing is like fixing stuff in the room and it's were you like holding things and it's like son hand me a hand me a screwdriver it's like flooded or, uh, or phillips it, and it's like we just we had to go down and cut wood. no we were we were, <laughs> cut, we, cutting wood we were okay. cutting wood we were uh we were putting up uh brackets we had to do window treatments yeah, uh, yeah. There was fatherhood, right? Yeah, there right was, there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It you know it's just it's it's been one of the joys really of being home is kind of doing doing some of those little stuff. I really I I I need to be you know I've been hiding in my room doing Zoom stuff, but we just the other weekend we were cutting roots with axes and just all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, but all right, let me. I I've been thinking about a couple fathers uh, in the Bible. The first one we already kind of talked about uh, Abraham, and you talked about you, you always wanted to be a father. But you never knew if 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 that was going to be feasible, if if that was God's plan for you, right? And uh, if if that wasn't, then so be it. But you were just hoping and and trusting in God, and uh, thankfully you got to be a father much sooner than Abraham did. But I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, him. It, I'm sure he gave up hope at some point, but there was yeah, always that thought in his mind that it's like, man, I really wish, and I, and I thought that I was going to be a father, and yeah. you know, God blessed him with that. So uh, a lot of the father, you know, it's in in it comes down to trust in God and just trusting in his plan for you. Right. Uh, well, it, that's a great point. Let's, I got another biblical father character that we can compare to this situation. That I think a lot of, all of us can probably relate to. Right. And it's, uh, we, we, we talk about St. Joseph and we can talk about the courage of him to say yes and all that. And we know that, but I want to speak a little bit more to, we hear that we hear Jesus was a carpenter before he was, you know, before he went off and did his ministry, but he learned that from his father, right? He learned that, those skills. And I think all of us can say like some, several of the things that we know how to do. We they know learn, how to we, change when a, when a head gasket blows, yeah. they know how to fix it. But like, right. <laughs> we learn these things from our fathers. There's plenty of things that we can do. And I think that's a great example is that they, that work that you can do, uh, with your dad, uh, 
is a really important part of your of your growth and foundation. It probably builds that level of respect that we talked about that then bleeds into your faith, right? Exactly. And and fixing a, a blown head gasket, you yes, you learn that technical skill, but you learn so much more about just life skills and and what it takes to be a man in this world. Not, well, you know, I, I I totally agree, and and I got to stick with Saint Joseph too because Saint Joseph was my uh, confirmation name. Oh, nice! Well, well yeah. that worked and out. I, 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 and I, and I picked that, uh, and the reason I picked that was because uh, I thought Saint Joseph was about as good an example as you can co- get get to, besides Jesus Himself, uh, and the uh, example that He gave us, but the. Uh, Joseph was probably the most unselfish guy, you know, yep. that you're ever going to find, right? Because here, you know, he's he finds out Mary's pregnant and they haven't had relations. Well, there's not many guys that would stick that or stick around and yeah. say, "Hey, you know what?" So, I think what really is important about you know, knowing St. Joseph and, and the kind of guy he was is the unselfishness. Yeah. And I think that's really a pretty big key to, to having a six, being a successful father is, is, you know, it's really difficult for us to, to, you know, not put ourselves first, you know, cause there's a lot of things we like to do, you know, and, and you work your, you work hard and you, you bring home the bacon and you want to be able to, to do things that you want to do. But in order to probably be the most successful father you can be, you have to sometimes say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not, I'm not first priority here. That's, that's you know? the biggest thing yeah. we can talk about fatherhood yeah. is, uh, and and being a parent in general, and I I can't speak from experience, but I know it's when when you that first that moment that you have that first child, your life isn't about just you anymore, mm-hmm. and you are not the first priority. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand that, and they still think very selfishly. But you have to you have to humble yourself and and say my life is about my child or my children now, right. you know. Uh, and yeah, St. Joseph, St. Joseph, wonderful example of that. Okay. I thought of another one right now. Let's talk about Noah, uh, because what building boats, building boats, (laughs) no, uh, the, the analogy I can think of is say you're a father with a, with a wife, with a family, and all of a sudden you're you have a career change or you get called to move across the country or you have this big life changing decision that God, God placed in your heart and said, this is what I'm calling, uh, calling for you. And it's scary. Yeah. And you're like, but we're settled here. The kids are in school. Kids are, kids are set, set, uh, set in their lives. Uh, and you don't think that this is the right thing, but like, you know that God's calling you in the, in your, in your heart and you have to make that tough decision because it, it's, it's, ultimately going to be the best for your family. Uh, you have to trust in God. Uh, you don't know that there's a flood coming, but you still have to trust and make that move and make that change uh, be- for the good of your family. Yeah. And that's those, those those difficult decisions because I'm sure the whole family was like, Dad, why are we doing this? The whole town was like, Noah, you're crazy. Why are you building this boat? But he goes, I'm just trusting in God in this moment. Right. Well, that's a great example because, you know, there's there's no successful fatherhood and father-son relationship than uh, without trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, that's that's the core. Respect, number yeah. one. Yeah. Trust is right, is right up there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to, you know, respect your, your father enough. And I've been so blessed in that respect uh, that uh, the, the boys have always... You know whether they agreed with me or or not agreed with me. They they always gave me the respect to uh, to do their best to to be obedient when that was called for, 
And, you know, Noah was a pretty good example of that. Talk about obedience. Yeah. Um, so not to say that they didn't sometimes have a, a you know, a couple of words of, of rebuttal, uh, from time to time, which, which oh, I yeah. always, always, you know, <laughs> encouraged, but the bottom line is, you know, when, when it comes right down to it, you have to say, Hey, this is the way it's going to be on this one. And it's nice when, uh, uh, when, when children respect their fathers enough to say, okay, dad, we're going to, we're going to defer to you on this one. <laughs> right. And, and, and there's so many, like the, sometimes you're, when it comes to obedience to the father, whether it's your biological father or your father figure or the God, the father, right? Sometimes you're Noah and you're like, yep. Okay. You got it. And right. Or sometimes you're Jonah and you're like, no, I don't know about that. And you know, you get, you pay the consequences and, and then you go, okay, never mind, my bad. Right. right. So that, that's a, you know, it, it's, I like that point. Uh, another thought we talked a little bit about it off camera. I didn't know if we we're going to get to it, but I think we will. Is we talked about maybe the fathers of the twelve, like you Zebedee. Know? You like, don't hear a lot yeah. about Zebedee. Zebedee, the, but his two sons. He had two sons, right? And in that time, historically, right? Well, we always, I love to look at the context here, and it's you know when you're when you have sons like that, you're like, thank goodness I had sons because I they have to carry on my family business because I'm going to die and then they have to take care of my house and my this and my right. It's not. It's very different than it is now where your kids can you're like, all right, well, I'll see you later. It's it was like for them to get up and leave could have been financially uh, detrimental to the to their whole family's yeah. lifestyle. And, and I thought these were young kids. You, I thought it was like eighteen I, I, to twenty five. No, so. I've read the disciples were a little bit older. They they were around Jesus's age, maybe a little bit older. Right. It's still pretty well in that age. Is it's fairly old. You know, but that's older, but I think some in some aspects that's even more detrimental because like that means they were established. They they were part right, right. of the like. They had their fishing schedule. They had their boat. They had like the the right. father. If if they were that old, the fathers were older to the point where like I can't go out and catch all these fish all day long. And now my two able bodied hands are taken off on me. Right. Oh man. And so can yeah. you imagine them coming home and saying like, "Hey, Dad, Zebedee, this cool guy just showed up, and he's like, drop everything and follow me." And we're like, "Yeah, that sounds good." And it's like, you know, what? If, <laughs> wow. If you know, yeah. say say you're you're a father and and your son now comes home and and they're like. Dad, I, I I got this real cool business opportunity, and it's like you know it's a pyramid scheme, <laughs> and he's like they want me to move to Mississippi and then get on. The, I'm gonna be a, a level seven manager or whatever, and you're like, we're I don't know. That's we're, a, we're not advocating that Jesus was a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, no, okay, but like it turned out pretty good for them. Yeah. It turned out pretty good for them, but like, you don't know what. But you again, that that's trust. Yeah. But like let's let's let you talk yeah. for a second. That, that is that is such a well, those are great points you know something you de you definitely don't think about but uh yeah i mean uh talk about conviction they must have had to to do that and and it probably wasn't received real real well i remember brennan uh my middle son uh who's done the podcast uh and uh you know he he made an announcement to his mom and i that he was going to move to colorado uh, at one point, uh, not too many years ago. And, uh, I said, Oh, you're going to move to Colorado. Okay, great. Uh, you know, where are you going to stay? Well, I think I'm going to stay in my friend's basement. I said, Oh, okay, great. Uh, you, going to, where are you going to work? Well, I don't really have a job yet, but I, I'm going to get that, you know, figured out when I get there. Okay. Wh where are you going to go to school? Well, I'm going to enroll in the junior college there. I said, okay, gotcha. I said, uh, uh, and are you going to have to pay rent? And, uh, well, eventually I think I'll have to. And, and I basically said, you know what? It doesn't sound like this is a super well thought out plan. <laughs> I said, uh, you know what? Uh, you're not going to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, and you know what? He needed me to tell him. You logically put you logically logically walked him through those steps. Yeah, he he was he was he was going to Colorado for reasons that were that had nothing to do with him wanting to go to Colorado. Right. right. You know, and as it turns out, things all worked out for the best for him. Right. Uh, right. Glad to get married. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But the bottom line is, he needed me to tell him, yeah. "You're not going to Colorado." Right. You know what I mean? Because he didn't put up too much resistance. But you yeah. didn't just tell. Him. I mean, you did at the end. But like you, you took him there. You, you you showed him that maybe yeah. that wasn't the right path. Yeah. Uh, I remember like my when I was in my early twenties, I was like, "Mom, Dad, I think I'm gonna like quit my job at wherever I was working and just like try professional poker for a living." And my parents were like, "Oh." Okay, 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 but I think it was a lot of that. They kept asking me questions, and and I I ended up coming to it on my own that that wasn't really a viable career solution. For all of you that do that out there, all of our listeners that are professional poker players, good for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, you know the the trust, and even if even if I said you know what, no, that's what I'm going to do, they'd be like they'd be like, okay. Okay, well, this is what's and and trust that you know maybe God was going to take me on that path for a little bit, but but have me come on back and I don't know I, I couldn't imagine being a, a parent in that situation. Yeah, and sometimes it were, I mean like you know it, it, you know, I I'll speak you know, when when your son tells you Dad I'm going to be a youth minister you're like yeah that that'll make you tons of money and oh that's good <laughs> but you know what <laughs> but you've always supported that uh, you know my 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 dream my I, what I feel is my calling from God. That is then branched into this podcast ministries, you know, like I said, uh, it, you know, fun fact, what we're filming today uh, that I'll say, uh, Ryan and I were supposed to be getting on a plane to go to Arkansas today uh, or, or, or tomorrow, but uh, we were supposed to go to our first out of state booking uh, with our ministry. It would have been today. COVID canceled it. We're, we're going to reschedule it. But like it was, uh, it, it, I've never felt any pushback from, from you got from you or mom uh, that like, Hey, I really want to do this ministry I feel like God's called me to do this. It's always been a, Hey, great. If that's what you're, you're called to do, find a way to make it work. And, uh, so I, I'm thankful for that. You it know, goes because- back to the prodigal son. If he, if you, if you're going to go away for whatever you're doing, hopefully it's doing something youth ministry. If you, even if it's not going to make you a million dollars, right. Or if it's going off and squandering your inheritance, either way, you're welcome. And you have a room ready in my heart right. and in my house. Well, you know, fortunately for me, this wasn't a sort of an out of left field announcement that you've made. I mean, I've pretty much watched you yeah. uh, be a youth uh, in youth ministry. I've seen you be a peer. I've seen you be an adult leader. I've been on I don't know seven, eight retreats and, and watched you uh, in in the things that you do and the insp- inspiration that you provide. And I can say say the same thing about Ryan. It, it, it's just uh, it's been awesome to see so i mean uh, for me to say no don't follow that calling uh after seeing it firsthand for so many years uh that would be uh you know that wouldn't that wouldn't right. would make a lot of sense either right, wow. right. what a so, joy i'm sure yeah. to see that you know as a father again uh, starting going all the way back starting from your journey walking uphill both ways in the snow to church <laughs> in Southern California. being inspired being inspired by seeing someone else's faith and really taking hold and root in your life starting a family exemplifying that faith in everything that you do in your children and hoping that they follow along and seeing it uh, to, to the fullest of the fruits in all three of your sons and then now uh, you know Danny kind of taking this calling on so yeah. uh, I can't imagine the joy that you that you feel no it's awesome and I look forward to you know uh, saying Tuesday thoughts every Tuesday and yeah um, I uh, 
I, I don't get to see every podcast uh, as as much as I you know probably should uh, plug in. I I see most of them though, and I sure. always well enjoy they're it. always available online. YouTube.com <laughs> forward slash Ryan Klaus Music is where they all air. You can watch any of them at any time. You could they're all backlogged and cataloged, so you can catch up on all the past episodes you've missed. They're on Spotify, on iTunes, all your favorite podcasting sites. You can catch up on any of your favorite Two Catholic Dudes episodes at any time. Nice, awesome, Great. thanks, Ryan. We'll do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, and, and you know. And that's and that's and that's great. And and I've always taken we I, I tell parents when I speak to them about youth ministry, I say to them all the time because everyone's always telling me, Oh, Danny, thank you so much for inspiring the faith of of my of my kid. And I would always say that to my youth minister too. You, you know Matt, right? Matt, my youth minister, who really did make a huge impact on me. But Matt instilled in me a habit that I try to do as a youth minister, and I always say to the parent, I'm like, thank you, because you got them to hear. You know, if on a, on a faith journey of a young person, I, I look at it as like a relay where you're passing a baton until finally they they take the baton and run themselves. And the parents will take it and they'll run with it and then they pass it to their catechist. And But the parent is always taking it in between, you know? And then finally, like, so I, I will take the baton from a parent and then I'll run and help them. And then I have to give it back to the parent so that the parent can then push the kid to get married in the church or whatever. You know, there's so many, uh, the parent is an instrumental part of a young person's faith journey. Uh, we talked about it with Jason Flame when he was on the podcast. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, like my first youth ministry event, the only reason I even went, it was a, I remember it, it was a bowling night and I only went because you got asked to chaperone and you were like, well, we're going. So that was my first youth ministry event that ended up becoming what I want to do with my life was because you wanted me to go bowling, you know? So it, 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 it you never know how God's going to work in that moment. Wow. All right, we're running out of time. We're going to keep this under an hour today. All right. Fatherhood, it's an amazing thing. Thank you for that a great example of being an amazing father, John. Thanks oh. for being on the show. But we do have another question. We're not going to forget both questions like we normally do. Question. So this one's an easy one. Uh, you can answer it however you want. What's your favorite board game? My favorite board game? Uh, you know, I love to play backgammon. Oh, my gosh. I uh, love backgammon. Ryan, Ryan's the king of backgammon. I, I, <laughs> I, I love to play chess. Yes. You know, I play uh, chess online sometimes and... Uh, I enjoy that. Um, when I was uh, a young guy, I used to love the game Risk. You I remember, love Risk too. Remember that game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love card games. I yeah. loved. I love to play Hearts. Uh, I love to play poker. I have a group. Love that our plays poker nights here. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every uh, every other Friday, I've got a group of uh, of guys. We've been playing Zoom poker over the last uh, <laughs> awesome. couple nice. of months. Uh, and we all just played cards. It was like us, the girlfriends, everybody. We all played poker just the other night. It yeah, was super fun. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I do have a parting shot I want to I want to throw out yeah. uh, before yeah, we do close all your it plugs. Up. Yeah. Well, this one's to my dad. Uh, being that it's a Father's Day mm. episode, uh, I want to give a shout out to my dad because uh, he was certainly um, uh, a great role model for me uh, growing up in terms of how to have. Uh, uh, how to be spiritual in, in an understated way, you know? I mean, he, 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 he wasn't an usher. He wasn't a Eucharistic minister. Um, uh, he wasn't, you know, a lector. But you know what? He was a very devout Catholic, and he lived his life that way, and he was a great uh, example for me uh, and uh, provided that, that foundation. Mm. And uh, one thing he did is... It, he gave me a lot of expressions that I that I took with him. He's he's gone now. He's up in heaven, but uh, I I think of him all the time, and I often recall his expressions. 
And one of my favorite that I use a lot, and Danny can probably attest to the fact he, he heard this an awful lot growing up, was he, my dad would always say after giving me a little bit of a lecture uh, about whatever it was that we were that I needed a lecture about, he'd finish with, "Well, now that's only my opinion, but it should be yours." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Dad, for being on the podcast. It's been awesome just sitting chatting with you. And uh, thanks for having me. And uh, doing the fatherhood episode. And thank you for your inspiration, your foundation, and building my faith to what it is today. Because I would not be sitting here hosting a Catholic podcast without that inspiration wow. from you growing up. So as Re always... Real quick, any Father's Day plans? Do you have about 30 seconds to answer that question. Any Father's Day plans, special things you want to do on, on your day? Well, you know, we really haven't done a whole lot of planning with the uh, pandemic thing, the way it's been going. But, you know, uh, my middle son, Brennan's getting married here pretty soon. And uh, we've got uh, quite a few projects uh, underway <laughs> to get ready. So uh, we'll probably be working, uh, working some projects and uh, we'll probably have a little finish up a little barbecue in the back. That's probably the wonderful plan. yeah well happy father's day to you happy big happy father's day to my father i just got to see him this weekend so uh pops happy father's day to you and happy father's day to all, all of fathers. the fathers all of the fathers uh your actual fathers your biological fathers your spiritual fathers the fathers up in heaven the fathers that we spoke about in the scriptures all the fathers that inspire us each and every day happy father's day to you moms we got you next year we love <laughs> you we support you you support us uh we will get you next year may 2021 but uh always find us on the instagram underscore two catholic dudes we love chatting with you guys uh we love all your support and love and comments and all of those things hit those subscribe buttons the likes you know what to do all right and we'll catch you on the next episode thank you guys for listening as always see you next week peace, peace.